CRM has been proven to limit sales reps' responsiveness, persistency, and cadence. It's a design flaw, and it's losing you deals. That is why today's sales leaders use sales engagement platforms like VanillaSoft. Check it out. Go to VanillaSoft.com and start your free trial. August 23rd, 2019, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The third annual conference focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. Join over 500 of the most influential sales development leaders in our industry for a full day of learning, networking, and growing your skills. This year, we're offering three learning tracks focused on sales development leadership, rep training, and our newest track dedicated to sales and marketing operations. Grab your tickets today before it sells out over at tenbound.com conference. That's tenbound.com conference. See you August 23rd. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. This is David Delaney, your host. I'm joined today by Alex Gigolo, SDR Manager. How are you doing today, sir? Doing really well, David. Happy to be on. Oh, man. Thank you for setting this up. I'm really excited to talk with you. I've got a list of things I want to ask you about <laughs> because you have been able to have an amazing career in sales development so far. You've worked your way up the chain of command and you've seen it from the front lines to now as like a squad commander, if you'll let me do my military analogy. Um, so I want to I understand what that process was like. I know that people are really curious about that. But Alex, if people don't know you, they haven't come across you yet in the LinkedIn world. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into sales development. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to share. So like most folks, I was a college student a couple years back, not knowing exactly what I was going to do, but I was lucky enough to get an internship with an organization that would be a dream employer of mine today, and that's the San Jose Sharks. The reason that's a dream of mine is uh, I'm a big hockey guy, so I would have loved to play for the San Jose Sharks. Unfortunately, you know, at an early age, I realized that wasn't suited for that. So the next best thing was working for them, right? And ironically enough, I was an intern for the Sharks doing a lot of unhockey related things. And I'll explain that in a second. But as a member of the group sales teams there, I was tasked to cold call individuals and sell tickets to the different events at the facility where the San Jose Sharks play. Some of those events include uh, the Harlem Globetrotters, Disney on Ice, some of the concerts. And I had a good mentor there. He really taught me some key best practices and most importantly, just getting over my fear of being on the phones and talking to people as a first step. So having that type of experience sparked my interest into an entry-level sales career upon graduating. So I did exactly that. I graduated a couple of years later and jumped into an SDR role at a company called Clarity Consultants. They provided learning and development professionals on a project-by-project basis. So learned a ton there, loved my experience over the course of two and a half years. I was able to get promoted a couple of times you know, I, I learned how to close small to medium-sized business deals. I was tasked with managing and coaching new SDRs. And, you know, even though a company at Clarity was 25 years old, our inside sales team felt like a startup, right? When, when I had joined, we had four SDRs. By the time I left, we had about 12. So 
it was very experimental, very fast growing and learned a ton. Unfortunately, the, the company, you know, took a downturn and ended up laying off all of the inside sales members. So dismantled a complete team. And it was a bit of a wake up call for me. You know, I, I drowned in my sorrows and felt frustrated for about 12 hours. But after that initial phase, I kind of took it upon myself to start looking at other industries. And I came across the cybersecurity space through that research, really honed in on what I wanted to do next. And like most SDRs, right, what's the next best thing to do? Well, it's to become an account executive and step into a closing role. Fast forward to today, you know, I didn't end up jumping into an account executive role. I worked with a really good recruiter that kept me open-minded to sales development positions at other organizations based on the overall opportunity, not just the position. And I ran into Demisto, the current company I am at now. I was offered with an opportunity to be the very first SDR to work with the manager at the time and build out processes and the team from the ground up. And within about a 12-month time frame, I got promoted to become the SDR manager. So that's a quick background into my sales development career. I love it. I love it. And that's so critical, I think, for any new sales development manager. Do the job, right? Do the job first as you come in and really understand what are the processes and the tools that you're working with? What are the scripts? What are the playbooks? All that stuff. And so that you kind of are ingrained in it and then start to be the manager. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think it's really important to hone in your skills as a sales development rep before you take the next step into any new position, whether that's an account executive or whether that's management. Refining those fundamental skills is going to ultimately lead to your success into the next position. So I completely agree. Yeah. And, and it's like the, the team's looking at you. They're looking for your guidance. They're looking for your expertise. And they just want to feel like, hey, you know what you're doing. You've been there and you, you can speak from a, from a you know, sense of, I've, I've gone before, I understand this. And that's why I set it up like this for your success. So it, it just builds a ton of credibility. And, you know, when you came in, you had some experience at the Sharks and at Clarity. What was your first few steps of setting up the process and kind of uh, getting it going at your current employer in, in conjunction with working with the sales leadership? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, at first it was a daunting task, right? I found myself staring at the wall for a couple of minutes each day, just thinking, what do I do? I haven't built any processes before. I haven't built a team. I haven't trained or recruited or hired anybody. And it was, it was daunting, like I had mentioned. So when I got over that, that initial fear, I took a t step back and just started reaching out to folks within LinkedIn, this, this amazing platform, as we know, that connects so many professionals like ourselves. And after connecting to people and just talking, gathering data, gathering feedback and, and hearing different stories, I was recommended several books. To my surprise, these things, as we call books, were, <laughs> were, were incrementally beneficial in, in my career, right? I just started reading a lot, talking to a lot of people before I even started putting anything into place. 
Interesting. And can you remember any of the resources specifically? Like I could think of one that's really, really good, but I just want to make, I just want to see if it's the same couple of books that you, that you could recommend as well. Yeah. So the first book that I got recommended was the accidental sales manager. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. And it's, I'm sure everyone can relate or most people can relate, right? You're potentially the top performing SDR or top performing account executive you're doing everything well from hitting your quota, exceeding your quota consistently. And one day you just get promoted. And that's a similar situation that I found myself in. Our VP of sales here at Demisto just came in one day, promoted our manager at that time to a regional sales director, and then promoted me simultaneously to lead the SDR team. So that book really helped put a lot of perspective. And it's like, okay, without much guidance or expectations or new responsibilities added, where do you start? And one major thing I remember the book instilled in me is that recruiting is going to be your number one goal from the get-go, right? If you're being tasked to build an SDR team, you really got to focus on recruiting top talent, defining what top talent means to you for your organization, and then having a consistent process in place from there to scale. Interesting. Okay. So you started there. That's really you know, the foundation of your team, right? If you can get a great team, even if your processes aren't perfect, you've got a bunch of really smart people that can figure it out. How did you go about thinking of the type of people that you wanted to bring on the team? Yeah, yeah, that's another excellent question. I started from, from doing research and talking to a lot of other SDR managers here in the Silicon Valley. And try to creating, you know, started creating trends or patterns of what they consistently deem as characteristics that define a top tier SDR. And from those characteristics, I define my own definitions for each one. Some of those characteristics, just to share a few examples, was, you know, coachability, intelligence, right? But those mean something different to each SDR manager. So, It was important for me to define that definition that was going to be tailored to my expectation and then kind of build out a criteria from there, ultimately a scorecard to to then measure those characteristics when interviewing people. Interesting. Okay. And then so how did you go about, you know, scoring people when they came in, like to see if they were in alignment with what you were trying to find? Right. Yeah. And I think it's similar to the concept of of defining the characteristics, right? You have to have a clear cut expectation of what each rank means to you as a manager and have that message translate over to the other stakeholders that are involved in your hiring process, right? So hypothetically speaking, if you had a ranking of one to five for each characteristic you're measuring with a candidate, one is going to be explained as X, Y, and Z followed by two is going to be scored from someone that exemplifies these traits or does this, you know, or answers this question a certain way. Furthermore, to my point of, you know, having everyone on the same page that's involved in the hiring process, have those same definitions, right, as you're scoring everything collectively overall. Definitely. And it's tough, I I think, at least in the Bay Area, finding you know, great SDRs is really, really tough because it's a, it's been a good market here for a long time. So do you find that as well in, in your space that just having the volume of people to talk to in order to be able to whittle them down to, you know, be on your team is tough? Yeah, 
yeah, I, I, I learned a really good lesson pretty early on. At first, when I attempted to tackle this challenge of recruiting top-tier talents, I had to overcome that obstacle that you're pointing out, right? We have an immense pool of talented SDRs here in the Silicon Valley, which we're fortunate to do. But what that proves is that the competition is equally as high, right? So top-tier SDRs really are never looking for a job because the moment they start even thinking or considering leaving their current organization, they most likely have a network of peers or other former managers that they've worked for that they can reach out to and pick their brain about. So I learned that the hard way by essentially spraying and praying in my first couple of attempts of trying to reach out to candidates. You know, you get a mix of responses and people interested, but within that mix of, of responses, I noticed the majority of them weren't really falling into the criteria or fulfilling my expectations. So I took a different approach after reading the sales acceleration formula, which was a book written by Mark Roberge. He is the fourth employee of HubSpot. Have you heard of Mark? Have you read that book by chance? Yes, that is excellent. That's required reading for everybody on the podcast. That is an amazing book. So you found that and you implemented it in your own? Absolutely. Yeah. Mark, just as a quick summary, was an engineer at heart and he knew the co-founders of HubSpot through MIT. And they had tasked him to build the entire sales organization out for HubSpot. And as we all know, he successfully executed on that. But as an engineer, he had no previous sales experience. So he really took a scientific approach in creating everything from his strategies, most importantly, his hiring process. And, you know, to the point of hiring top talent takes a uh, a very strategic approach in the sense you got to you know reach out to people in a certain specific way and pique their curiosity. I took a lot of that and even from the templates he provides in his book and just gave them a shot, right? I had nothing to lose. And to my surprise, those templates that Mark provided ended up giving me a couple of good results. And I ended up having several good conversations from there. So if for whatever reason, Mark is listening today, I want to say thank you because he's been able to scale our our SDR team here significantly with some top talented folks. Nice, nice. And definitely, you know, books books are still a repository of great information, folks. So, <laughs> you know, you just got to take the time to f- seek them out and and implement them in your own process. <laughs> this is this is amazing. So, you started with the recruiting process, trying to get an A team on the ground. Where did you go from there? I mean, once you started to feel comfortable with that your recruiting process was bringing people in, what was your next couple of things that you had to uh, check off? Yeah, so the next thing that I focused on was our training program here at Demisto. As an early startup, we really had no streamlined training process in place. Most of our training consisted primarily of product knowledge. We have a pretty comprehensive technology here at Demisto, and there's a ton of capabilities, a ton of new, you know, terminologies and and verbiage you have to get accustomed to. So at first, that's what our training consisted of. I know that's how I started. It started with getting in a room with uh, an engineer, walking through a demo and asking questions. Over time now, I started really honing in on sales development skills and incorporating different exercises to refine, you know, just best practices around being an SDR, how to 
pitch, how, you know, what types of open-ended questions can we ask, objection handling. So by no means have I gotten to a place where I can say our training program is perfect, but slowly but surely over the months, we're now adding to it as we're collectively, you know, incorporating different suggestions like, hey, I wish I would have learned about this back then, or hey, maybe we can build a training next week around these topics since we're all experiencing a similar challenge. So it's a living and breathing thing. But to answer your question and to, you know, summarize, the next step for us is is refining and streamlining our training program here. Are you in sales, but you're not using a sales engagement tool? Then you're probably losing out on revenue because you are not engaging with prospects at the right time, with the right cadence, and with enough persistency. You need VanillaSoft. Start your free trial today. Go to VanillaSoft.com. Yeah, that is so huge. I, I see that over and over again where people don't really value training. And for some reason, it's like they – and I, I feel like your sports background has come into play here because it just imagine if you were uh, on the San Jose Sharks and you're like – Hey, everybody, this is a hockey stick and this is a puck and that's the goal right there. So we'll see you in uh, 90 days, <laughs> you know, and if you're not scoring for some reason, we'll just fire you. You know, I mean, that's, that's like seems like the mentality in a lot of sales development programs. Unfortunately, yeah. And it's 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 funny because I, I have had a lot of conversations with SCR managers that are struggling with that. Right. They're in a similar boat as I am being at a new startup where we're all running a million miles per hour, we're all growing exponentially, and we're trying to look for people who have done this before, have exemplified consistent success, other organizations being an SDR, and just expect them to hit the ground running when they come in. But it's not that easy because despite how successful you were at your other organization, our processes here, our expectations can be completely different. And I don't care how good of an SDR you were, there are always always different areas you can improve and you need to have that type of mindset here. For sure. And, and, you know, a lot of the SDRs are coming in and they don't have much experience at all in the, in the sales world. You know, they were just in college like a couple months ago and now this is their first opportunity. So from what you've seen in your experience as an SDR and then becoming a manager from a training perspective, how would you, how would you best set it up so that within the first couple months, you know, that an SDR can get up to speed and start producing on your team? Sure. So in respects to an entry-level SDR coming in without any experience? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good you asked that because what I'm currently focused on here at Demisto is dividing our global team of seven SDRs into inbound and outbound divisions. And, hmm. you know, that project is also involves increasing our recruiting efforts to hire new members as needed. The inbound team is primarily going to consist of entry-level folks. So for the first time ever in our short three-year career here at Demisto, we are you know, considering entry-level SDRs to fulfill these inbound requirements that we have. So I've been thinking about that lately, and I think in order for them to hit the ground running, you know, it has to be a collaborative effort. I want to hire folks in groups. So they have peers that they can come in and instantly feel comfortable with, right? I think feeling comfortable at a young age in your first career is truly a good first step because as we both know, the SDR role is challenging. It's daunting. It's a roller coaster of emotions. It provides a lot of stress at times. And the last thing we want 
for new SDRs coming straight out of college who had the misto is to feel scared. So I think as a first step is just like, you know, having clear cut expectations, telling people this is going to be a tough ride, but we're going to have a ton of fun along the way. And yeah, setting that kind of stage, I think is a good first step. Definitely. I think, you know, it's, it's tricky with recruiting, especially newer SDRs, because they're kind of confused about what sales is and, and, and maybe they don't have a whole lot of experience in sales. But obviously, you know, they've got student loans and they need a job and this looks pretty cool, you know, right. and um, and then balancing that with the fact that, hey, this is a really tough job. You're reaching out to people who, you know, don't necessarily have a need at this time or forgot that they downloaded the white paper and they don't want to talk to you and, you know, all that stuff. Sure. So how do you kind of balance their their expectations, you know, within the recruiting process so that they just know, you know, this is this is challenging, but you know, I don't want to scare you and like not have you come in. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, you have to be honest with them and, and it sounds so bizarre to say, I mean, wouldn't you be honest to everyone you speak to? But sure. if you set expectations incorrectly from the get-go saying, Hey, you know, our SDR team is consistently hitting 90% of their quota and we're having a ton of fun, you know, we're, setting goals, hitting those goals, going out to happy hours, what have you, like, that's all great. I mean, someone can have that impression just by walking through the show floor or the organization into their interview room and see that type of energy on the SDR team. But it's kind of poking in and forcing them to ask the right questions of like, hey, these are the expectations. It might not be as pretty and, you know, exciting as, as, as it seems. Like, these are the challenges you're going to be expect. So almost forcing the new entry level folks to think that way, right? If they're not asking those questions themselves, then ask it for them. Like, here's here's the reality of, of the role. Here are the challenges you're going to be experiencing. And, and then how do you proceed on, on overcoming those, right? What's your thought process on that? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, have you found that, you know, I guess it depends on the people that you hire, but it, there's there's kind of a an attitude that like, you know, if things aren't working out necessarily for me as an SDR, that it's my manager's fault or it's the data. We don't have any good data or these tools don't work or the marketing department sucks. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like helplessness, it seems like, and, and finger pointing. But do you think that that's more the type of people that you hire or is it just like inherent to running an SDR team? I think it's a combination of both. You can hire certain people that have a mindset of, you know, always or having a mentality of always pointing the fingers, right? That they can do no wrong. It's never their fault. They're trying, they're putting the work ethic and still not seeing the results they deem. Yes, there are people like that out there, but it's also just the everyday of the SDR role, right? We talked a little bit about the roller coaster of emotions it can be. There are its ups, there are its downs. And when you're feeling down and when you're not doing well and hitting those results, it's tough not to like point the finger at other people because we're only human, right? The last thing we want to deem or, or come to the result of is like, hey, this is my fault. So what we've done here at Demisto and what I've seen work for other you know, sales development teams is taking on a theme of experimentation. <laughs> I had to look up the definition, you know, just to ensure that it really aligns with what we're hoping to accomplish here at Demisto. But I've seen experimentation, the process of you know performing new ideas, methods, and activities over a period of time to test 
for a specific outcome or result really excite folks because it now takes the mundane and boring aspect of the SDR and makes it exciting. So what I mean by that is, you know, as a team here at Demista, we're, t- we're attempting to embody this theme of experimentation and really turn our role here as SDRs into scientists. So taking out of the equation the uncontrollable things, the amount of leads that we're getting from marketing or, you know, the way the account executives are executing the calls, whether or not it's going to be an opportunity or not, you know, if they deem the qualification appropriate, taking those things that are out of our control, out of the equation, and then experimenting on things that we know are are in our control. And by taking this approach, I'm seeing uh, an increase in the energy of the team because people now are willing to try because if they don't try, right, <laughs> you're, you're never going to know if you can get better. I love that. I love that attitude. I mean, it, it, and you know, that's a question that a lot of people struggle with. It's like, we know that this is a tough job and it can be, you know, mundane and like repetitive. But if you, if you flip that, flip that around and make it more like an experimental, you know, science, scientific type of organization, then it becomes fun, you know, to try, try new things. The question is, you know, how do you balance like, setting up a, a program that's scalable with with allowing for experimentation and creativity, you know, because y- you want to be able to measure and test and do all the analytics and stuff that's available in the new systems that we have. But at the same time, you don't want people like just stuck in a box, like doing the same thing over and over again, filling in forms. I mean, they'll go crazy, right? And they'll be upset. So how do you like balance those two things? It's a good question. I don't necessarily know if I have the right answer. So I'm still in the stage of figuring that out, right? However, what I do think is that it requires a village to have this type of mindset. And we're lucky and fortunate enough at Demisto to have executives on our team that are encouraging us to experiment, that are encouraging us to fail. At times, it almost sounds bizarre to have one-on-ones with my VP of sales and say, hey, I need you to mess up. I need you to fall on your face because if you don't, you're not going to know what doesn't work. So we're deeming these experiments, even when they fail and they don't provide us with the desired outcome, as successes in some respect because now we know what not to do, right? And going back to your question about, well, how do we balance that and how do we still maintain we keep up with expectations and hit our goals and scale that? Well, I think going back to like, you know, the executives and other stakeholders involved, it requires everyone to be on the same page, to have the same consistent goal across the board. Okay, that's interesting. So, so that, I mean, there's a few things. One is, that's really amazing. That's a great opportunity to have an executive team that embraces an experimental culture. So, and consider yourself lucky in that regard because uh, oh, I that, do. <laughs> that really is amazing. I mean, there's a lot of companies out there that like are so wound up and you make the slightest mistake and, and it's like, it doesn't really foster a creative environment. So that's amazing. And then tell me more about how do they align the goals? You know, because another thing you see a lot in sales development is that the marketing team has different goals than the sales development team. And they've got different goals from, from sales. And obviously there's going to be some of that, but if you think about it, there should be some alignment. You know, how do they go about giving you your goals and, and setting that up? Yeah, so we're in an interesting situation currently here at Demisto where 
our goals in 2018 weren't necessarily aligned, right? Marketing had a different goal than that of inside sales. And for the first time in our short tenure, again, of three years as an organization, we're starting to have more strategic meetings and where we talk about those types of things, right? Creating similar SLAs. What types of leads should we be focused on? Furthermore, what types of goals should we be hitting? Should marketing's goal be the number of leads produced in a, in a year or should it be tied into the pipeline generated? If we tie it into a pipeline generated, well then inside sales, aka my STR team, can have a very similar goal. If marketing is to produce $100 million of pipeline, well then we got to be producing that same number. And it starts with having that conversation. I'm really starting to get analytically driven. So using the data within our CRM to make these types of decisions. And it's a learning process, right? So you got to take data always with a grain of salt, but it just starts with with having a conversation with those folks and, and asking certain questions that that get them aligned and then you know ultimately be on the same page. Yeah. And and I think it's it's a great opportunity out there for folks that are leading SDR teams that you can be the catalyst of creating that synergy within the company. Like you don't have to wait around for somebody to tell you because as sales development professionals, you know, we're interacting with marketing. We're obviously SDRs. We're interacting with sales. We're even interacting with, you know, operations and finance, you know, to get things done. And like, you can act as that catalyst to bring all that together and align it. You don't have to just wait for somebody to tell you. So that sounds like what what you're doing and you've got support. Exactly. And to add on to it, right, being proactive is the first step. But as a young manager, I'm learning over time how to negotiate with these executives of my organization, right? It's one thing to foster an environment and culture that encourages experimentation and that's welcoming of these new ideas. But it's another thing to get them to listen to your ideas and approve of them and put it on the place, right? Anybody can come in to marketing and say, hey, our goal for next year should be this, but you have to have some kind of evidence or you have to have a compelling reason as to why you believe this is the goal we should have or why you believe this is the path we should now lean towards. So analytics is something that's helped me back up my evidence and and my decision-making and my ideas and also the way at which I present and even talk to people, right? I think there there is a lot to learn just by your own presentation skills and your interpersonal skills throughout departments of the company. No, that's that's a huge point that not a lot of new managers think through. There's a lot of complexity and I don't want to say politics, but there's just, you know, there's there's different factors that you have to navigate to be able to get things done. Like I, I think what I see a lot in newer managers is, is like, hey, I, I've got this idea. I've here's my business case. I've done my homework. And then they get rejected. And then it's just like uh, they feel really bad about it and they get they get upset. You know, instead it's like it's almost like that experimentation mentality where it's like, okay, that got rejected. Like there's a lot of factors here that I need to learn and improve to be able to get things done for my team and, and push this forward. So yeah, it's, 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 it's also that experimentation of being a manager and getting things done internally. Absolutely agree. Yeah. 100%. Well, this is great, Alex. I, you know, I think your story is really, really interesting. I think that, you know, folks, if you haven't read some of those books and really that, that 
those first couple steps of laser focused on the the recruiting process and getting that down because you got to get that a team you know otherwise no matter how great your processes and technology are you you're going to be in trouble and then really focusing on training and selling with analytics within the company as a new manager great points and really appreciate you coming on the show yeah thank you so much david it's been an honor and i appreciate you allowing me to share this story really do it's i really do hope that it helps you know a couple of new young managers that are coming into the role yeah and old ones so <laughs> don't count out those those old guys too i mean we need to learn this stuff as well you know and i i feel like we just scratched the surface so we may have to continue this conversation on another show but Alex, if folks want to keep tracking what you're doing and follow you, is LinkedIn the best option or what do you think? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Alex awesome. Gillo, you can find me on LinkedIn. Stop in Alex DeMisto. I'm sure you'll find me there. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's next for you, man. It's It looks like a really awesome opportunity and, and you're, you're crushing it. So thank you very much for being on the show and we'll talk again real soon. Thanks, David. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.